Stories, fables, ghostly tales. A man has been hard done by, by some seriously cruel criminals, to only fall into another set of bad customers that, instead of taking his contract, decided to execute their own, with terrible consequences. And the scientist pushes the envelope of evolutionary excellence by creating a chemical that will push humanity in one direction, and in a most unexpected way and form. Today, my amazing people, that's you, brilliant listeners, I bring you a new series, The Strange Doctor Weird. A first of this series, mates, and boyo, oh, they are hard to remaster. Extensive noise in this series so far, but the stories are fun and full of energy. So once you strip out the pops and clicks, you're essentially free of any distractions. Now, turn up the sound, mates. Get cozy, get comfy, because we're going to listen to two tales from the weird. Adam Hatch presents The Strange Dr. Weird. Good evening. Come in. Sir, what's the matter? Surely you're not nervous. Or perhaps it will help calm you. If I tell you a story I heard just the other day, about a fortune that can be yours for the taking. All you have to do is go and get it. I call the story The House Where Death Lives. Before you and I walk into the terrifying darkness of Dr. Weir's world, I think it's only fair on behalf of our sponsor to warn you that you'd better hurry if you want to see the latest fall line in up-to-the-minute Adam Hatch. Believe me, gentlemen, there's no better hat value anywhere in America than an Adam, worn by the famous, favorite of millions. There are thousands of Adam hat shops and authorized dealers from coast to coast. Stop in your nearest Adam hat shop tomorrow. Now, Dr. Weird. My story, The House Where Death Lives, begins with two men crouching in the bushes staring at a great lonely old mansion on top of a windswept hill. Well, there it is. Spooky old joiner. Yeah, I don't like this job. Hey, you're nuts. You couldn't ask for anything easier. Yeah, but somehow that place gives me the creeps. What do you mean? You're a detective, remember? A private dick here to protect the old boy. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, okay, let's get on inside and tell the old guy the detectives Murphy and Smith are here. Now, wait a minute. In town, they said old man Crawford has a handyman who stays with him until after dark and then goes home. We're going to wait. I'd rather see the old man alone. You get me? And so the two men waited in the gathering darkness outside until Frank, the handyman, left for the night. A few moments later, they banged the old bronze knocker on the front door of the ancient house. What's that? It must be a loudspeaker, of course. Yeah, quite right. Here's a loudspeaker. Are you Smith and Murphy, the detectives I sent for? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come in, please. You'll find me upstairs in my bedroom. 
minute later, old Joshua Crawford, sitting up in bed, surveyed his two visitors. So you're my detective. Which of you is Murphy and which of you is Smith? Uh, I'm Sam Murphy and this is my partner, Bill Smith. I'm glad you're here. Very glad. I have work for you to do. In a vault in the cellar are jewels worth a quarter of a million dollars. And those jewels must be carefully guarded. Because they're bait for a trap I'm setting. A trap to catch seven murderers. A trap to catch seven murderers? Yes. Ten years ago, I was a wealthy man. I had a home on Long Island. And I had a daughter whom I loved. I had a son-in-law who was like a son to me. Then one night, when I was away on business, a gang of thieves, seven of them, invaded my house. They were after the jewels I kept in a vault there. A vault to which only I knew the combination. Hey, do you mean to shut, shut up? Uh, go on, Mr. Crawford. Those seven men would not believe I was the only one who could open that vault. In the end, they killed my daughter and her husband. Huh? I see. So uh, you're that Crawford, huh? Yes. I spent my entire fortune trying to trace the criminals. In the end, I succeeded. Huh? You did? Yes. I learned their names. They were called Big Jim Donovan, Trigger Thompson, Nicky Lavender, Tony Morton, Freddie Lake, Johnny Frisco, and Lefty Williams. Uh, tough bunch of monkeys. How do you know they're guilty? I know. I spent a million dollars to find out, and all my money was gone. All of the jewels for which my children were murdered, those I kept. I came here with them to bait a trap for murder. You mean that... Listen, I know where five of those seven men are. All except Johnny Frisco and Lefty Williams. Yes. Uh, now... I say, I know those men are guilty. Even though I couldn't prove it in court, would you agree that they should be punished? Absolutely, Mr. Crawford. And if I can lure them here, would you help me execute them? Uh, Execute them? Yes. Help me to punish these men I've named. And the jewels in the vault are yours. Well, what do you say? We're your men. Those rats deserve executing. And Mr. Crawford, if you can get them inside this house... Will be the executioner. In just a moment, we'll return to our story and learn what happened to the murder trap set by old Joshua Crawford. Meantime, I believe Dr. Weird would welcome a brief escape from his shadowy world. Am I right, Doctor? Yes. Yes, young man, you are right. All of us welcome the world of bright sunshine, far from the terrors of the night. I could say uh, more. You it. rest a moment, Doctor. I'll say more. How pleasant it is, gentlemen, during these bright days of fall sunshine to step along knowing you're feeling right and looking right. And nothing gives that right look to a man like a really smart fall hat. Next time you're near an Adam hat store, stop for a minute and glance into the window. Some style, huh? Notice the variety of fall hats on display. Then step inside and try one on. You'll find the hat for you. Perfect fashion, perfect fit, no matter what shape head you have. See the latest Adam 5, genuine hand block, fine all-fur felt hat, up to the minute in style. Price, only $5. They're America's famous hat value. Other Adam hats are $3.45 to $10. Now, I see Dr. Weird is ready for the rest of tonight's play. Doctor? Now to continue my little story of the house where death lives. Old Joshua Crawford, promising to tell the detectives more about his strange plans of vengeance in the morning, has dismissed them and fallen asleep. And Smith and Murphy are talking. 
The idea of him trying to punish seven tough killers. Yeah, there's something about this setup I don't like. Ah, forget it. Just lucky sent for us. Our good luck, see? Someday we'll run across Big Jim Donovan or one of the others and tell him about it. Oh, we'll make it a laugh. Yeah, come to think of it, where is Big Jim and Trigger and Mickey these days? Keep our ears open. We ain't heard a word of them for months. Yeah, they're smart and lying low, that's all. Now, can it, will you? We got something to do tonight. We got to prove we're good detectives by finding that vault those jewels are in. Come on, let's get going. <laughs> For an hour, the two men silently prowled the big house while old Joshua Crawford slept. Then, in a far corner of the cellar... Hey! Hey, I found it! This door's a dummy, see? Look! Here's the door of a vault right behind it! Yeah, yeah, but look at it. It's like a bank vault. We'll never get it open. Well, what are we going to do? Wait till tomorrow and see if we can get the old man to tell us the combination? No. We'll get that combination from him tonight. about that combination, Mr. Crawford? Or shall I tell Sam to use that cigarette again? Oh, no, I'll tell. Seven right, thirteen left, four right, ten left, and zero. Seven right, thirteen left, four right, ten left, and zero. Now, try it. That's it. We're telling the truth. Yeah, a fat lot of good it'll do him. Come on. Let's see what's inside. Great gosh, whole room in here. Yeah, I'll say it is. The walls are solid stone, too. Look, there's a little table with a cash box on it. Open it. They got the jewels in it. <laughs> I'll say it has. Look at them. Diamonds, rubies, emeralds. A quarter of a million bucks worth. <laughs> yeah, what's so funny? Oh, what a laugh, that crazy old coot. Saying he was going to use this ice for bait for seven murderers. <laughs> now we got the bait. I don't like it down here. Come on, let's put the ice in our pockets and get out of here. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> what is it? That vault door. It's shut. No, it can't be. Well, it is. There's no way to open it from this side. But it's got to be. Push against it. No! <laughs> Uh, it's, it's locked. We're locked in. Yeah, but how could it be? Yeah, how did it happen? It happened when you lifted the cash box. An electric mechanism locked the vault door when the rat took the bait. That's him. That's his voice. Yes, I mean to the loudspeaker. The whole house is wired with loudspeakers and microphones, you see. I've heard every word you uttered. Listen, Mr. Crawford, you've got us wrong. We weren't really going to hurt you. No, no, no. You've got to let us out of here. To be sure. Push on the stone directly behind the cash box. Yeah. A hidden door will open. A hidden door, yeah? Yeah, I got you. Come on, Bill. Right, here's the stone. Help me push it. The whole wall's open. Here's the wall on the other side. I find it a much larger room in there, I assure you. Come on, Bill. Must be a way out. Now the wall is close on my head. It's not over there. Now, sit your way. Never mind. You won't be lonely. Look about you. Huh? You'll find many old friends to keep you company. What's he talking about? I don't know. Shine your light around. Yeah. Yeah. Look, seven coffins. Seven coffins in a row on the floor. Look inside them. You'll find your friends. The dry air has preserved them very well. Take Jim Donovan on this one. Okay. Here's Trigger Constance. Mickey Lavender. Tony Morton. Freddie Lee. These last two arrested. Yes, they're for you unless you wish to confess and stand trial. Confess. What do you mean, confess? That you are Johnny Frisco and left you with him. The last two of the seven murderers I've been seeking for ten years. No, no, no. It took my detective a long time to find you. You were close.
Okay, Mr. Crawford, we confess. I am Johnny Frisco. Bill is Lefty Williams. Yes, yes. Now come down, let us out. You got a lot of stand trying to hear. Yes, you got it. <laughs> I can't come down to let you out. You've tied me up. I can't get loose. You'll have to stay there until Frank arrives in the morning to set me loose. <laughs> You'll have to stay there with your friend. <laughs> I hope you won't be loose. Oh, no. No. Unfortunately, poor old Mr. Crawford was unable to release his two victims from the trap he'd set for them. In the morning, he was found tied up and laughing, unable to speak a single intelligent word. He's in an asylum now, still laughing. Frisco and Lefty, they're still down in that secret room. Their pockets stuffed with jewels. But by now, of course, they're probably quite dead. So if you want the jewels, you only have to go there and open the vault and you'll have to go now. Hmm, too bad. But perhaps you'll drop in on me again soon. I'm always home. Just look for the house on the other side of the cemetery. The house of Dr. Weir. That man will be back here again in a moment with a word about next week's scalp tingler. Meantime, it's not very far from scalp to hat. And having gone that far, perhaps I should remind you that this program is brought to you by Adam Hack, America's famous hatter. Seriously, gentlemen, I hope you'll take a look at the latest fall line of Adam Hack. They're top quality, identified by the famous Adam Crest. And their price, $3.45 to $10. Visit your Adam Hat shop tomorrow. Now, that man, Dr. Weir. I hope you'll drop in again next week. I want to tell you about a cat that had a human soul. Or at least acted as if it had. And so, uh, with the rest of the story, we'll have to wait until your next visit. Good night. Join us again next week at the same time for another visit with the strange Dr. Weir. Adam Hatch presents The Strange Dr. Weir. Good evening. Come in, won't you? You seem a bit nervous. Perhaps it would calm you a little if I were to read to you from the secret journal of Professor Drake. It's a fascinating case. I call it Journey into the Unknown. There are some extremely interesting entries in Professor Drake's journal, particularly those beginning with the entry made October 1st, which reads, Today my son Paul has reached the final stages in the preparation of his serum number 17. After two years of intensive work and 16 failures, 
He believes that he's at last succeeded. But just think of it, Paul. Before you took the serum, you could only lift 200 pounds. But now you can lift 400. Why, your strength has been doubled. Yes. With the added strength my serum will give him, man will be able to resist diseases that he succumbs to now. His lifespan will be lengthened by 20 or 30 years. Perhaps he... No, I'll answer it, Paul. Oh, it's you, Julia. Yes, I want to be here. Oh, you can, Julia. He's running the midst of an experiment. But I haven't seen or heard from him in two weeks. After all, I had his fiancée. Well, Julia, he can't be disturbed. He's in the... Oh, oh. hello, darling. Why, Julia. Oh, you oh, squeeze me so tightly. I'm... I'm sorry, dear. I'm afraid I don't know my own strength. Oh, that's all right. Now, what kind of experiment is it you're working on? Darling, I can't reveal anything yet. Not even to you. But when my work is done, you'll be the first one to hear about it. Here's the entry for October 7th. Serum number 17 is effective beyond Paul's wildest hope. Oh, think of it, Paul. Today you were able to lick up 600 pounds with ease. Yes. Why? Why are you staring at yourself in the mirror so? Father, do you notice any change? In the shape of my head? What? No, Paul. I'd certainly notice a change if there were one. Yes, of course. It must be just my imagination. On October 8th, he wrote, This morning when I entered the laboratory, I found Paul fast asleep at his desk. I woke him. Paul, wake up. Huh? You should have gone to bed when I... <gasps> oh. No, it can't be. What is it, Father? What's wrong? Look, please. My face. Quick, hand me that mirror. Here. No. No. I was right. Look at me, Father. My face has become broad. The features flattened. The cheekbones prominent. And notice how thick the hair on my body has become. I've reverted to the Neanderthal man. The Neanderthal man? But, Paul, he existed 50,000 years ago. Yes, I know. At the swift pace, I'm going backward. It may only be a week, a few days, before I revert to an ape completely. Paul, what are we going to do? There's only one way I can save myself. I must find a neutralizer that will stop the serum from changing me into an ape before it's too late. In his entry for October 10th, he wrote, Paul has been working 48 hours without rest. And so far, I have been unsuccessful in finding a neutralizer. This morning, when I entered the laboratory, I could see that he is looking more and more like an ape every day. Paul, you just can't go on this way. You've got to get some rest. I can't rest. Every minute is precious. I I lost four hours last night. You lost four hours? I, I don't understand. While I was working here last night, I glanced at the clock to find it was just three o'clock. Then, the next thing I remember was finding myself in the hall. And the clock was just striking seven. I can't remember those four hours. Where I was, what I was doing. Those four hours, I lost my ability to think as a man. My mind became that of an ape. During those four hours, I... I actually was an ape. Return to the story of the terrible danger threatening this young scientist in just a moment. 
Meanwhile, for a breathing spell, a word from Dr. Weir. Yes, yes, a breathing spell. Something pleasant to think upon. And what subject could be more appropriate at this fall season than hats? I'm sure my young friend here can tell you something most helpful about Adam hats. Thank you, Doctor. Gentlemen, Adam, hatter to famous Americans for many years, has created a brand new value in fine headgear for men. It's the Adam 5. Nowhere in America can you find a better buy. Try on an Adam 5. See for yourself. Notice the perfect fit, the up-to-the-minute fashion, the quality feel of the lustrous fine fur felt. Every Adam 5 is fine fur felt. Hand blocked by master craftsmen. And you have a great variety of correct styles from which to choose. Try on an Adam 5 tomorrow. You'll look right and feel right in one. Proud to be seen wearing one anywhere. For other Adam hats, choose from prices ranging from $3.45 to $10. If it bears the Adam crest of quality inside the crown, you can be sure of honest value. Now, let's return to Dr. Weird and his tale, Journey into the Unknown. The entry for October 11th in Professor Drake's journal reads as follows. The changes in Paul's appearance continued. His body is now completely covered with a heavy growth of hair, and his skin is rapidly turning to a deep brown and becoming coarse and callous. His arms have lengthened almost five inches, and he walks more and more in a stooped manner, his hands almost touching the floor. As yet, no change in voice has been noted. On October 12th, he wrote, Last night, Paul suddenly dropped a test tube and snarled at me. In that moment, he was completely an ape. The entry for October 13th reads, Last night, when I came into the laboratory, I found a window open and Paul gone. I immediately rushed out into the night to find him. A few blocks away on the university campus, I saw police gathered around the body of a girl who had just been murdered. Every bone in her body had been cracked. A few hours later, Paul returned to this house. He could recall nothing of what had happened, where he'd been. To prevent another accident from occurring, today I had steel bars placed over Paul's bedroom window. Oh, it's you, Julia. Good evening, Mr. Drake. I want to see Paul. No, I'm sorry, Julia, but Paul can't be disturbed. He's asleep in his room. You've been putting me off for days, but this time I am going to see him. Hey, Julia, come back. You can't see him now. Right. Oh, Julia, you should. Well, he... huh? He's in there. His room's empty. He's here. How were those bars put over Paul's window? It's all part of the experiment, Julia. What's the matter with there's someone against the bars apart from escape. No man could have bent bars as strong as this. That is. What is, Julia? The one that the police believe crushed that poor girl to death last night. No, really, Julia. Do you think you for a moment that I... You've been using an ape in the experiment. This room was escaped. And now it's escaped. Julia, you're wrong, I assure you. Hold out looking for that ape, isn't he? And the ape's a killer. Please, Julia. I'm going to get the police. <laughs> That's the latest by day after tomorrow. And now, a special message from police headquarters. 
Twenty minutes ago, an unidentified girl was found crushed to death. It is believed she was killed by the case that murdered Betty Ryan late last night. All residents are warned to get off the street. That... Father, I heard what that announcer said. I killed that girl tonight, didn't I? And the one last night, too. I'm a murderer. Father, listen to me. The police are looking everywhere for you. We haven't a moment to lose. The neutralizer we were working on last night. It should be ready by now, shouldn't it? Yes. And this time I'm certain it will work. You must take an injection before it's too late and you revert forever, Johnny. Open up, Quick, right. Father. The neutralizer before it's too late. I have to fill this hypodermic pole before I can give you the injection. All right, young man. Break the door down. Hurry, Father. Hurry. I am. It's too late. Yes, there he goes, man. Out the window. Oh, oh, come back. Mike, flash a warning to every patrol car. Issue Tommy guns to all the men. The orders are shoot to kill. <laughs> Spread out. You've got the ape cornered now. Please, Chief, you've got to listen to me. If you'll only let me inject this neutralizer into him, then there won't be any need for all oh, this. Don't listen to him, Chief. That ape's a killer. Yeah, we're going to put an end to that ape once and for all. Oh, no, you can't. You don't understand. It isn't an ape. It's my son, Professor Drake. Your son. I know an ape when I see one. Yes, I know, but it's my son changed into an ape. This neutralizer will bring him back to normal. You're crazy. Okay, Mike, let him have it. No, 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 I won't let you. I'm coming, Paul. I'm coming. Mike, come back. Come back to here. Hold your fire, Mike. Here I am, Paul. Paul, hit me, Father. I have the neutralizer. Paul, I have the injection. Here, give me your arm. No, no, no. All right, Mike, drop the old man's body now. Come on, Oh, my chest. Father, where am I? What's happened? Oh. It was a great pity about poor Professor Drake, wasn't it? He was so young. What am I going to do with his journal? I thought I might carry on his experiment. But I would need someone to assist me in his sort of uh, human unity. So perhaps you would like to volunteer. Oh, you have to go. Too bad. Perhaps you'll drop in on me again soon. I'm always home. Just look for the house on the other side of the cemetery. The house of Dr. Weir. Well, our first story, The House Where Death Lives, reminds me of the movie Watchmen. The scene where Rorschach is being bullied by other criminals in prison. And he has this great line. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here. With me. The criminals in our first story thought they had an easy target and a chance to rob an old helpless man. But they had something of theirs stolen instead. Their lives. And our second tale, the scientist pushing the limits of science to take humanity into a new era. He just happened to take us the wrong direction. A success though in his own right, despite the dire consequences. Mates, I hope you enjoyed this remastered episode and this series is going to be something awesome, I can tell. And speaking of awesomeness, my Patreon supporters, my Ode Nighty Titans, 
the people that keep this podcast bubbling and bowling away every night and every day. A trio of legends. Our first legend is Matthew J. Bauer, Murray May's maker. A town in the 1940s was known for one thing and one thing only, a man named Murray. Sounds quite plain, right? Well, he had a nickname that wasn't so plain, and we'll get to that. The town was quiet, the people meek. But Murray, aka Murray Maysmaker, put them on the map. He was hired to design a prison for dangerous repeat offenders, and what he brought them was a murder house. A maze that welcomed criminals and pitted them against the house's horrors. This meant sliding doors that led into pits of acid, hallways with crushing walls, and random safe zones throughout the house that would release toxic gas if too many people reached it. Word of Murray's maze got around, and of course it was shut down, but not before taking many a criminal's life, both notorious and petty criminals alike. The only reason why this building stands today is because it acts as a monument to the creativity birthed by pure insanity. Maya, Icicle Irene Irene was born to learn, born to bring humanity inch by inch closer to understanding the answer to eliminating world hunger and particularly thirst. Irene discovered a plant whose internal temperature would plummet when exposed to excessive CO2, generating moisture from the vapor in the air and creating sheets of liquid that pooled in large buckets around each plant base. She would call them Glacius Furnace. Little did she know that this plant she found, naturally and evolutionarily, grew miles apart, for the reason that in close proximity the intensity of its frost would freeze anything and everything around it, including the weaker plant of its own kind, a sort of evolutionary Darwinism. The frost was unbearable and Irene, head in her books, fell asleep one night, a deep, deep sleep. Exhaustion took hold and that was her last night. The frost crept over her as if an invisible hand whose tips would freeze all that it touched. The scientist did not realize the woe she unleashed on her town. And to this day, the desert town of Liepo is still frozen and an endless cycle of permafrost with an unyielding chill. Solstra Tina Two-Timer Tina had really big plans. They involved shooting, killing, maiming, and murdering. But you know how it is, start small and start smart. Tina was a master manipulator. The ability to listen sharply and choose her words carefully. To get the right reaction from her listener. And those listeners were the two big bosses of Heckenston, Larry Hold'em-Ups and Jerry Fisticuffs. The only way she'd get her way in controlling her city was if no one was there to get in her way. And a couple of words, a couple of rumors, and a he said, he said, and bam, just like that, the town was a bloodbath. One that Tina would bathe in. Now she has what she wants, the city, and all the time in the world. Mates, I hope you enjoyed your tales. I went for a mix of weird science lawbreakers and inspired lawmakers. Thank all three of you little legends. You three are the bedrock of this podcast, mates. Thank you so much for your support and for being bloody marvelous. Now for my wonderful white tea warlords. I own cows, bovine brilliance. There are men who want to rule the world, men who spend their money on tools, protection, and make deals to secure power. 
but Mr. Cowles is only interested in one fascination in his life, science. Cattle science to be exact, the first and only man to reanimate a herd of cows all at once, with unique consequences. You see, Mr. Cowles unknowingly reanimated these cows indefinitely. Such was his science, and such was his success that these cows have been eating and eating for weeks straight. Yeah, non-stop. Swelling to ridiculous sizes and appearing as rolling meat rocks, as the people would say in the streets, down the hills of Nebsville. Everyone, though, is now waiting and seriously insisting that Mr. Cows will do something to resolve this problem. We'll just have to wait and see. Could just be a stone throw away or a cow roll away. Who knows? Lee Bauer, Touch of Wood. Touch of Wood, Caden would call it. His masterpiece, he would say quietly to me. His life's work. Well, he wasn't wrong about that. Beyond the fact that he's never used any part of his life to complete it. Beyond time. Touch of Wood was a monument to nature and its horrible beauty. 35 bodies Caden had collected, painted brown, covered in mud, and prepared their bodies in a fashion and posture that of a long, elegant rose. Arms spread out, wide and stiff, rigid and heavy with the weight of empty bodies, void of life but not of structure. And in this design, Caden's masterpiece was born. Death's blossom, hard to touch, skin crackled, muscles taut, and bodies sinewy. A touch of wood, he would say. A touch of wood. A way of humanity giving back to nature. Mates, I hope you enjoyed your stories. I went for a mix of light-hearted to dark and brooding. Either way, both stories were strange and weird. Thank you both for always supporting this podcast, and thank you for giving me access to music and sound effects I've never had before. Both of you are awesome. And speaking of awesome, my Grain forces, Chad Warren, Just Heather, Lorraine Crisanto, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffelli, Tasha Moncrief, Christina Boyd, Divided by Zero, Tristan Cassidy, and Dolphin and Cow. Well, you little beauties, you really put the pep in my step, and every supporter I cherish so, so much. So thank you for listening, and stay brilliant, which is easy for you lot. Now, mates, this Wednesday I'm going to continue Dracula because I'm loving it, and so far I've received great feedback that you're enjoying it. I can't wait to bring you the next episode as a result and see what else Dracula has up his never-ending sleeve. I think the aspect of Dracula that stands out for me, and I mentioned it before, is his insane power of adaptability. He just sees and absorbs skills. It's crazy cool. Anyway, I digress. Have a fantastic day or night, and as always, till next, we meet.